Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. Hey, Mary. What's happening? I see your head going back and forth. Yeah, I, I just <laughs> got... I just I just got this um, little bicycle thing that goes under my desk while we talk. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm using it right now. And it's because I, I normally I switch between like standing desk or like sitting desk. And now I can just do sitting desk and do this. And it just feels it's awesome. It's active. It's great. It's not distracting the, at all for us. But the problem is I keep on no. like kind of bobbing and then I might get like sweaty. Exactly. And I'm like, I'm going to wipe my forehead. <laughs> oh, my God. So we can definitely be accused on this podcast of peddling Jesus. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. Yes. If you need to pull oh, over, if you're wow. driving right now. <laughs> that actually made me stop peddling. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, dad joke number one for this podcast. Oh, oh, man. The dad joke counter. Oh my gosh, that'd be genius. We got a dad joke counter. Bad joke. Wait, bad what? joke or dad joke? Didn't you say bad joke or did oh, you say dad? dad? dad. Oh, you yeah. said dad. Well, the other Although the two are well, not we got those exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. They 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 run in proximity to one another, I think. <laughs> Very parallel. Mm, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's what this episode's about. We're gonna talk about the difference between bad jokes and bad jokes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think at some point we should talk about like using humor to mask pain. That'd be a good one. That's mm. not that's not what we're talking about this time. That would be an area of expertise for me. Yeah, personally. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's ignoring you because you did your bad dad joke. Hey 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 hey. <laughs> that's subjective. The, the bad the bad yes. part of the dad i think dad part is like defined right it has sure. to be like number one mm-hmm. has to be a pun like a really cheesy pun right for the most dad jokes are there any i think that's all it needs <laughs> that's all it needs <laughs> do you have to be a dad to do a dad joke i don't think so right dad jokes are i think my kids intentionally say dad jokes and then look at me yeah, yeah. they're vicariously Selling their dad joke <laughs> through somehow you, through you, yeah, <laughs> by proxy. They're just like, yeah, by proxy. <laughs> That's something dad would say. <laughs> like, oh, right, write that yeah. down. Right, yeah, I might later. Yeah. Yikes. Hmm. That's good. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Today, no idea. We are talking about: Is it okay to put walls up around unsafe people? And first and foremost, maybe the first to say, um, uh, I am not an expert. Is it fair enough to say we are not like trained professionals? Fits on boundaries. I don't know. I don't know how boundaries to, and how yeah. people navigate boundaries. I guess that just depends on what we're trying to say. We never tell people that you should avoid people or you shouldn't avoid people because yeah. we don't know what their world is really like. We're more about what's going on inside of their heart and mind. Yeah. Within that question, 
what is an unsafe person? You have to define that first. That's a good point. Is it, um, <laughs> if I said it, anyone who has harmed me, then that's a pretty big group. <laughs> Cause there are people that have harmed you intentionally or harmed me intentionally, harmed me unintentionally. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm going to get a benefit from this podcast personally, because I, I struggle in this area even currently. So I'm just like, yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's, um, the definition of an unsafe person, could that be um, a perpetrator, somebody who has consciously harmed you and uses you um, and has no regard for uh, your time or your investment and does not reciprocate that investment? Would that be a fair definition to start? Well, even that's subjective. Yeah, that's true. To some degree. Because somebody who looks at a person and says that person is an unsafe person, and another person could look at him and say, Well, I just roll with that. Yeah. I know it's wrong how they're treating people, but, and I might even call them out, but it's not causing me harm because that's not an area that triggers me. And why doesn't it trigger us? Because maybe there are th- there's a difference in all of us and how we perceive the world. And so somebody can be very vulnerable emotionally in their perspective. It goes back to so many different podcasts that we've had those vulnerabilities in, in some, in, in some sense might be because of their lie based thinking hmm. they're, they're prone to fear or they're prone to shame or they're prone to feeling invalidated. And so it doesn't take much from a certain person for those things to be triggered, exposed, pointed out. So, so there's no clear definition of, for the most part, of what what's a harmful person or what's a, a toxic person. Mm. That's a great point, Steve. Uh, because you don't put up a wall unless you have a vulnerability, right? And I'm sorry, my voice isn't very strong today. Forgive me for that. Got a bit of a sore throat. Um, But right, you you don't need a wall if there isn't some perceived danger on the other side, right? That's why we put up walls in the physical realm. And so emotionally, we put up a wall because we have a perceived danger. But that perception uh, depends on the person doing the perceiving, right? So if they're a vulnerable person with a certain individual, they're going to tend to put up walls. But if they're not vulnerable to that same person, there's no need to put up that wall. And and that's not to say that there aren't really hurtful people that we shouldn't hang around mm-hmm. just because uh, they consume our time. They, they attempt to consume um, or attempt to get things from us that legitimately we don't need to give them. There are hurtful people regardless of whether I'm vulnerable or not, but putting up those walls is um, most of the time a defense that we have because we feel like we need it. And what we, what we, what I've talked to people about is, are you willing to deal with your need for that wall uh, so that Jesus can actually be that protection or be that, what defense that he's the one who legitimately can 
be in that place, not a wall that my mind has come up with that I use to protect myself. Am I making sense? I have a little bit of a cold, so <laughs> I think I'm a little more fuzzy headed today. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you have any like, um, let's, let's use an example. Would that, would that be okay? Because I think part mm. of it is it's a big topic. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a huge topic. Like, do, do y'all have any examples of somebody putting up a wall and then feeling like they can take it down now because they're not feeling as vulnerable? Or like, what what, what kind of example would you give? I think an example of that even shows up on a DVD that we did. We did a session here in Madison and uh, I'll use his real name because it's out there on a DVD. So Jeff came in, um, had been struggling with a lot of different issues in his life. And uh, we, we work in connection with a recovery group here in Madison and, and Jeff came in and we didn't know what was going on in his life. And he didn't share directly like his living situation. He might've said something to the effect of his, his roommate was a little bit annoying, but he was more concerned with um, some of his manic behavior and uh, his struggle with alcohol. So Jeff uh, stepped into uh, the process. And one of the things we ask people with addictions is how does it feel not to take that drink, for example, or before you did take that drink, what was going on uh, emotionally inside of you? And most people don't even know that something's going on there until they really take a look at it. So Jeff reflected a bit on one of those places where uh, he was going to uh, drink. I think that's how it went. It might not show up on the DVD because we don't show the whole session, but there was this uh, sense of loneliness and shame that that came in, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm -hmm. And he went to um, a memory. However he got there, he goes to this memory where he is maybe four or five years old. And he did something where his dad said, well, you're acting like a baby. And if you're going to act like a baby, I'm going to put a diaper on you. And so he had to walk around, not needing to wear a diaper, but his dad was shaming him very deeply. You're a baby, you're weak, you're worthless. And that was the memory that he went to. He might've gone to a couple others, but he, he met Jesus in a very profound way in that, in that moment. And he didn't feel the shame. He didn't feel the embarrassment. And he didn't feel the loneliness because he sensed Jesus with him. And, and even after that session, well, he, he came in another time. And, and as he came in the next time, he said, I don't know real, what really happened in that session, but my roommate is doing the same sort of things. And it's just not bothering me the same way. Because of whatever Jesus did through his spirit in that particular session, did something that made him stronger and more secure. And so the walls that he normally would have to have up with his roommate weren't even necessary because he wasn't getting triggered in the same way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a pretty good example of what that means. The more that we allow Jesus to fill in those vulnerabilities with his love and his truth, the stronger we become and we're less susceptible to the outside forces, circumstances mm -hmm. that, that were that come our way. Yeah. I'm thinking of somebody recently that I talked to and even, even though they've had a lot of ministry around their childhood that was similar to Jeff's um, 
and they have a lot of peace about what happened and have forgiven the people that had harmed them. Um, they still don't want a relationship with those people, right? And that's perfectly understandable and healthy. But what has been happening is someone from the past, a parent has surfaced and is trying to push the relationship on them, continues to text, continues to Facebook message, even though my friend has said, I forgive you, it's all good, it's okay, Um, we can have a relationship at some point, but I'm not ready right now, please stop contacting me, this parent continues and continues and and it's it's not like once every once in a while it's five times a day you know that kind of thing so a healthy boundary is if you don't stop contacting me i'm going to have to block you mm-hmm. facebook or phone or whatever giving that person a choice to respect what i've decided or what my friend had decided but the parent continued And so I don't know if they blocked them or not, but that would be a healthy boundary. I've told you what I need. You're not respecting that. So I'm going to have to take action to maintain in my life, you know, what what I need to maintain. So, you know, my friend didn't have any anger or judgment or anything towards that parent anymore, but just knew that I can't have you in my life right now. So would you say, does that sound like a healthy boundary to you, Steve? From what you're telling me, Romans 12 talks about, it says, be reconciled as, mm-hmm. as, as much as it depends on you, be reconciled to everybody. Mm-hmm. So reconciliation, it's a two-way street when it comes to relationships. So if what she has done is dealt with those things inside of her heart, Mm-hmm. That have produced this need for protection with, and that's usually anger, right? From an in, internal standpoint, mm-hmm. and the other party has not recognized what they have done. There's no reconciliation, mm-hmm. but her heart is in the right place, and so I think that's that can be a healthy boundary when you've done all that you can on your side. When mm-hmm. there is, when you really check your heart and recognize that there's compassion toward that person. Mm-hmm. Not not a numbness, not a bitterness that pretends to be peace. Yes. If, if that's the case, and we can't judge that. I don't, I can't judge somebody's heart. If that's the case, then I think that's all right. Because that might actually motivate the other person to say, hmm, maybe I should take a look at my behavior. Yes. Maybe I should look at my heart. I think that's really even. Uh, with Paul and the discipline in the church, it wasn't to condemn people. It was to help them see that maybe they need to get their act together with God. Mm-hmm. They need to deal with some things inside of their heart, not out of bitterness, but out of love. Mm-hmm. It's so easy for us to jump over that step and just say, well, they're a toxic, toxic person. I'm cutting them off and still have toxicity inside of our own hearts. So just because somebody puts up a boundary doesn't make it good or bad. The boundary itself, you have to take a look at what's, what's the motivating factor. Yeah. And my friend had given them an opportunity for relationship Mm -hmm. in certain parameters and, and the parent wasn't willing to do that. And my friend didn't even shut the door. She said, you know, right now, 
I'm not interested because you're not respecting me. That doesn't mean down the road at some point we can't have a relationship. If she'd said, I never want to see that person again, mm-hmm. that's an indication that there's still some issues inside because that isn't what Jesus would do, right? That isn't what God wants us to do. And so, um, yeah, I thought that's interesting that she was able to do the right thing. What I felt like was the right thing. I just encouraged her and it's okay because she wasn't feeling guilty, but other people in the family were saying, she's reaching out to you. You should, you should take this opportunity. You should whatever. And she was able to say, no, you know, I did, I did the best I could, but mom is still not respecting my life, my time, my kids, you know, wanting to get the Facebook, you know, wanting to text the kids and stuff. So it's an interesting area for sure. It might get us off topic, but just to touch on it too, how does that relationship within the family too, because she's not capitulating to mm-hmm. her mom's request of that continued relationship. What's going on inside of the siblings? Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to venture a guess of what that is, but there are, there may be things that the siblings could address in their hearts as well. Right. And no one can argue that Jesus is the model. So the question, one of the questions could be, what kind of, did Jesus have boundaries? And if so, what kind? Because mm-hmm. he just didn't let people walk all over him, but he mm-hmm. also didn't avoid necessary confrontation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think he even poked the bear. He did. More than once, <laughs> right? He did. Yeah. I just remember writing in my Bible in a certain passage in one of the gospels, Jesus is really messing with them here. Oh, that's great. <laughs> You could tell he was the way they were questioning him and what he was saying back. It's just messing with them. And I think that's a great comment. <laughs> I think the follow-up comment to that is, where is Jesus messing with me? <laughs> because he does. Yes. I think he yeah. messes oh, with yeah. us mm-hmm. because he loves us. Right. Mm-hmm. He wants us to take a look. I remember a session that I had it was probably in a training group. Or I can't remember who, who was doing it. Maybe it was within those of us who were doing some ministry here. And one of the things that I sense the Lord say to me, because I was, I was hoping that um, this area of my life would resolve. It was the way I sometimes sweat when I'm speaking or in public. And I don't feel this anxiety, but I like, sometimes I just burst out in this sweat. And, um, and Jesus said, if I were to resolve that, you wouldn't look at anything. Because that was usually the, the thing that brought me there was just this, oh man, I, it happened again. I, w- I felt fine. And yet this, this sweat thing just came out and just my struggle with the, the scale too. I think those are the two things. And it was, I think it was both that Jesus was addressing. It was like, if, if those weren't in your life, would you ever really come to me? Would you come to me out of that emotional and spiritual poverty in your heart? Mm, and it was wow. this smirk of Jesus. And it was like, yeah, yeah, that's. Not that he doesn't wants to keep us suffering, but it's like Paul's thorn in the side. Yes. And because it was just, it was just this holy smirk. It was like, okay, it wasn't this condemnation, like you stink and I'm not going to do anything in your heart. It was so, it was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So he does mess with us. He does. But, um, back to the point of Jesus too. It's not just looking at Jesus in the gospels and saying, oh, how do I act like that? 
my perspective, and I've said this before, it's I take a look at Jesus's life and then I look at mine and say, what is it inside of me that he wants to change so that my life more reflects that? Not mm-hmm. just, I want to act like Jesus. I want to respond like Jesus. I do, but I don't want to do that out of just white knuckling it and performing better. I want that to be an internal change. Yeah, because if it doesn't come from your heart, it falls flat. It really does. And people can tell when you're being insincere, when you're trying really hard to love them, say the right things, you know, comfort them. But it's really, there's is there's just such a vast difference between God's heart moving through us and speaking through us and us trying to do the best we can do with the heart that's got some issues there that need to be removed. And that's what's so rewarding when we see people recognize that when they come in for their second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever session and say, this is what I'm experiencing now. And you can just see them light up because dots have been connected, not just in their head, but in their hearts. Mm-hmm. And they're noticing that they don't have to be as self-protective. Mm-hmm. They can they can put up boundaries out of wisdom, but not out of pain avoidance. Mm. And that's and it's not just an either or, it's a, it's a progression. I'm still on that journey. There are plenty yeah. of things that I recognize that I'm still avoiding, but I'm at least cognizant of it and trying to step into that and seeing what's going on inside of me. And when you see that in other people too, it's like, welcome to the journey because it's such a different ride mm-hmm. when you take a look at that and, and really recognize the difference in, in our lives when we really do follow Jesus and look at those places. And it's, that's, that's the biggest paycheck I get when people say, I couldn't believe how I reacted. Mm-hmm. Not I'm trying really hard to be better. It's I'm becoming more like Jesus right. or I'm recognizing the Jesus that's always been inside of me or the, the Larry that's always been there. Right? Mm-hmm. It makes me think of a lady that I ministered to once probably 10 years ago, she was going to go to a family gathering out of state and she hadn't seen her mom in years. And there was a reason, you know, they had a bad relationship. She had a lot of boundaries so that her mom and she didn't have a relationship and she knew her mom was going to be there. So just the turmoil going on inside of her thinking about that, she came in and we had one session and she was someone I went to church with. So I saw her periodically So about a month later, she found me and she said, I couldn't believe it when I went home with my family and my mom was there. And I think I finally saw her for the first time. You know, my mom walked into the room and I didn't feel all that stuff that I usually feel. I actually liked her. I actually was able to be nice to her. And she realized Actually, that one of the things she had dealt with in the session where Jesus had brought some healing was anger toward herself, some self-hatred because of the way she had behaved as a kid, because of the way her mom had treated her. And so that self-hatred, when she got rid of that, she was able to actually be at peace or more at peace and, and being at peace and then being in the room with her mom allowed her to actually see the real person behind all the garbage that was always there. And it was just so beautiful. It started a journey for them of actually building a relationship. 
so sweet because she said it was like, I didn't know how to act because I saw my mom. All I felt was mom, like this has never happened before. (laughs) You know, what do I do with this? How do I act? Yeah. Aren't I supposed to be mad? Aren't I supposed to avoid her? But none of that was happening. So she was learning how to just be a person in a relationship. It was really neat to hear that testimony of just that one session, what Jesus had done inside of her. I love that. The best that we can do in our own flesh is to try to um, manufacture something inside of us, but we really can't make ourselves feel things. What we feel is what's already inside for the most Mm -hmm. part. Um, and, and what you're saying, Mary, is that this person took ownership of what was going on inside of her. Um, and that started to stop the cycle of being in this perpetual self-victimization mode. Mm-hmm. And, and and just that little taste of what Jesus could do probably gave her more hope for more freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it was really beautiful because, you know, our parents are so important in our life, whether they're, we perceive they were good or bad or whatever, they're so important. And so for her now, she's probably in her late thirties for her now to actually be able to build a relationship with this person that's been so impactful in her life. You know, it's so beautiful to not have to miss that forever just because I have things I can't get past that are inside of me, and and I'm not willing to look at how to remove them. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. If any of this has resonated with you or helped you, please leave us a comment and a review, and don't forget to follow for more great content. We'll see you next time.